1: Welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry, taking you through the world of college football, and we're going to get into some SEC conversation after we get into the top of the news and notes around the world of college football over the past, um, well, since over the weekend, really, as we uh, last came to you on Friday with Pac-12 football and beyond. A reminder, again, if you're new to us, new to us, Uh, I am Chris Landry, veteran NFL scout, coach at the college and NFL level. And we take you through college football five days a week, Monday through Friday. We talk about everything around the world, east, west, north, south, around the world of college football. But we do it a little differently in that we will talk at the top about everything going on around college football. Some big news items, analysis During the season, it's the big games of the weekend right now. It's what's going on, and we do this all year round. And then we'll go into kind of in the second phase of the show, uh, a little bit more in-depth within a conference each day. So basically you're getting a national college show five days a week, and you're getting a conference show uh, once a week, that's really in depth uh, with each conference, so it's something we thought out, and um, certainly uh, appreciate all the support and um, TJ and the great folks at Big Three Roll Up. We we like what we've got here. We've also, for those of you that are pro football fans, got a pro football show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays as well as that new cycle. Obviously, kicks into a different uh, gear into the off season with. So much information around the draft, free agency. So we've got it all covered for you. In-depth, more in-depth, we have covered for you at LandryFootball.com where you can get all the detailed film room analysis, breakdowns into everything, recruiting, college football personnel, coaching moves, um, the draft. Uh, NFL free agency, the NFL personnel. we got it all covered for you at LandryFootball.com. And we've got a scouting season sale, scouting season offer that's the best we've ever had. It'll get you the best deal, $4.99 a month um, if you sign up for the year package that will go through the entire year. All the way through next football season. So you can't get a better deal than that. Hey, we couldn't do this podcast if it wasn't for the great support of you. We need your help in supporting our great sponsor, 401k Generation. Eddie Rojas and his team stepped up and really have done a tremendous job in just researching what they do and how they do it. They are the experts in the financial industry. Money management, investment inquiries, 401Ks, IRAs, you name it, all your questions that you might have or you're doing the right things, get yourself a financial coach, a financial advisor, a financial doctor, if you will. Get you a checkup to make sure you're on the right path today to meeting all of your goals. Um, Maybe you're doing the right thing. You want to have to be sleep um, well at night knowing that you're doing the right things? Or is there something out there that you're missing that's just leaking oil that could cause yourself problems down the road? This is why you want to seek out a professional. And if you already have one, seek out a second opinion. Give them a call today or a text today, and they're licensed in all 50 states. So you can reach them very easily at one 5879. Once again, 18669985879. If you're interested in promoting your business, uh, give us a contact at landryfootball.com, contact Chris and we will get in touch with you. TJ will be in touch with you today. To get this podcast, to get all the podcasts, sign up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you're going to find uh, all of the college and NFL podcasts all going right to your phone right here and now. So check them out today. Um, we're going to start with <clears throat> some news that's, um think, interesting and progressing. Michigan State, of course, has got a coaching search going on with Mike, Mark D'Antonio stepping down last week. Um, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle is expected to interview for that job. Um I do think he's their number one target. I do know that we talked about it last week and we certainly have it up on LandryFootball.com over the past week that uh, Matt Campbell is not interested. Don't think Pat Narduzzi is interested. Um, certainly uh, the overtures to folks like a Brian Harsin, Dave Clawson, I don't think are going to go anywhere. Mel Tucker took his name out. Uh, that's code for, and this happens a lot of – if there's not that much interest into pursuing um, a coach, there's usually a courtesy acknowledgement to that fact so that the coach could take his name out of the running so that it it, it just kind of protects him. Um, Mel Tucker was not a serious candidate for Michigan State. But that's the latest, uh, and certainly Mark Tressel is uh, Jim Trestle's brother, is someone that is in the interim role and does have a shot. If Luke Fickle doesn't want it, uh, they could end up at this late stage giving him a contract, giving um, him the job, and then revisiting it in another year. Um, That's kind of the plan uh, in in motion right now in East Lansing. Um, I want to answer a couple of questions off the top. We like to answer questions pretty early because even if they're not – let's say you listen to this show based upon the fact that you're an SEC fan. So you're thinking tomorrow's ACC show or Wednesday's Big T- uh, Ten and Thursday's Big 12 and Friday's Pac-12. I'm not interested in those. Well, want to encourage you to listen at, at least at the very top of, of the show every day because we're going to have cross-pollination of – information around the country, uh, each and every day. Uh, but we do have a couple of questions. One that is, um, a little bit more SEC oriented. One is a little more PAC 12 oriented. Before I get into some more detailed SEC notes, uh, Derek asks about the evolution of Alabama's defense <clears throat> under coach Saban since his arrival in 2007. Um, and he talks about the evolution, and use of the tight end, the fullback in the ground game, and um, to the spread attack. He says, however, the evolution of the defense is harder to understand. I know in order to defend the spread offenses, they have adjusted personnel by playing more nickel and dime with more versatile linebackers and safeties. But have the schemes changed? Do you think Alabama suffers uh, at all from teams knowing what they're going to get when they face Alabama? Derek, let's take your question down in a few Um, elements, because you asked a lot there, a lot of good things. The offense, first of all, I'd like to address, has evolved. Um, It was something that they felt like they were not getting enough out of the passing game. They were not, and everything was coming out of the running game, and the passing game success was a byproduct of the running game, and they wanted to get more out of the passing game. So they did go with a little more spread, incorporating RPOs, uh, in some cases a little faster tempo. When you do that, whether you're Alabama or anybody, LSU this past year, you're going to negatively affect your defense. Okay, when you're on the field offensively and you attack quickly, you score quickly, that sounds great, and it is great. Scoring is great. It's what you want to do offensively. But when you score quickly, you put your defense on the field in quicker intervals, and they're on the field for more snaps defensively. Therefore, your defense won't be as good. The other thing is when you play a certain style of offense, your defense is going to be affected by how you practice against it. If you're no longer – As physical and as much of an attacking ground game, you're not as good at it. You don't defend it as well. Why? You don't practice against it as well because your offense is not based around it. Now, when you're game planning during the course of the week, you are game planning for a scheme and a style that you're facing in this upcoming week's game. But the fundamental part of how you practice all year long, you're practicing your offense against your defense, and you're going to have an effect, positive and negative, towards how you play. Now you're asking, how is the defense involved? Well, the defense is in- involved, and you have a good handle on it. Disrespect. Everybody's playing a lot of spread. The things that were causing Alabama a little Alabama a little bit of a problem in the transition was. Alabama, if you go back to when he got there early, you had the big physical in-the-box, the Mark Barron-type safeties that were linebackers, in essence, defending the run. But the offenses changed around the country and nationally, and it became a problem defending those type of guys, um, whether it's whether – it's, um, You know, Johnny Manziel and some of the stuff that A&M did, it became a little bit of an issue. You couldn't substitute, substitute as much, and you were not athletic enough to match up. So the entire framework of their defense, they became a little bit quicker up front, which means is a little bit undersized. You become... The safeties become more cover-oriented. You still have to tackle well, but they don't pack the wallop because they're not as big of size. So, yes, the scheme has changed. Around all of college football, there's no team that defensively runs a scheme that has big physical guys that can only come downhill but can't defend – the speed of the spread sets, none of those exist anymore, anywhere. And Alabama just just evolved probably later than most because Alabama dominated and dominated and dominated. Now, one of the things that they've done is, in my opinion, they've gotten a little bit too far away on offense from what their dynamic is. I think the answer to their problems is that to become a better line of scrimmage team, that they throw it off play action, they run some RPOs, but that they focus more of an energy on running the football, particularly with the lead. If you do that, your defense is going to be better. Your defense is going to be on the field for less plays, and – Alabama's defenses the past two to three years have lost a lot of impact players, and they've not replaced them quite as well. Their level of experience, big defensive front players this past year were not as good. They played a lot of young guys. That could hurt, help them this next year, but it hurt them this past year. So, um, when you're talking about do they suffer from teams knowing what they're going to do, no. What they suffered from is the fact that they weren't as good up front defensively to handle people. And offensively, they had to win shootouts. And against an LSU, they couldn't win a shootout. You know, they couldn't contain an Auburn. I mean, they, they... They've fallen off from what they've been, but but mainly because their defense is negatively affected by lack of depth and the pace of their offense. Now, you know, as they go forward, I don't think it is um, prudent to go back to being the ground and pound game where there's limited – ability to attack the passing game. I don't think that's smart. I also think they've gone a little bit too far away with the let's spread them out, throw it. The reason why they went that far with it this past year is because he knew very early on that's the only way they were going to win games, outscore people. Because their defense was too young, lost too too many key leadership guys up front, that they weren't going to be good enough to stop people. So they were going to have to create an environment where they scored a whole bunch of points. And it was good to a point. Look, it still was a good year. By Alabama standards, it was not. But for them to be elite again, they have to be really good on defense. And that means the personnel has to have a little bit more experience, a little bit more depth, and for that to succeed and thrive, they're going to need a more complementary style offense where they're running the football more, dominating more at the line of scrimmage. Now, Alabama has a great offensive line coming back. But can they be a little bit more of a come-off-the-ball-and-move-people-in-the-run-game type? Or if they continue to be more of the spread, throw-it-around, they'll be good... But will they be championship good? Will they be Will they be able to win when somebody punches them in the mouth, like Clemson did in the championship game? You know, um, it is it is an interesting dichotomy because when you're an LSU, for example, they won it all last year. But if you looked at LSU defensively, They started to become a really good team at the end of last year when they got healthy. Alabama was not good enough, deep enough, talent-wise on defense to be a type of team that can control the game on the defensive side. Their defense couldn't get off the field and finish games. Their offense had to do it with points. So that has to change the defense has to become more of a force, more of a factor. And in order for that to happen, it has to work in conjunction with an offensive attack that's going to complement that. Josh asks about um, – it's a good question for our folks out west. We'll touch on it a little bit on Friday's Pac-12, but wanted to address it here. Once wants his uh, input on why Jay Hill is still at Weber State. He's taken that program to new heights. He's done a great job there. Um, I wonder why he hasn't gotten more of a look from the G5 schools or perhaps bigger FCS schools. He's done a really good job. He has had some people look at him. He's not been all that interested. I think that where he probably needs to go is um, is a group of five school. I think that he's pretty selective and that he understands he's got a good situation. So not every G five school, particularly in that region, which is his preferred region, is um capable of allowing him to have the type of success that um he could. So that's the biggest reason. It's not that he's gone overlooked. I think he's just been selective. Um and maybe some overlooked by some of the bigger jobs, but I think he's more of a guy that would be a fit into a place like a Boise or someplace like that, Uh, although they tend to kind of stay within their family. Places like that that have a good um, range of success and can compete, I think is important. But, look, I think with a guy like uh, Chris Kleiman, the job he's doing at Kansas State is certainly a big positive for somebody um, like Jay. All right, uh, some SEC news. want to get to some draft thoughts, and we'll try to bring some nuggets every now and then based upon the film room to get the detailed scouting reports on all the players, detailed scouting reports, draft boards. That's what we got LandryFootball.com for. It's too long, too in-depth to get into here, but I want to hit a few nuggets and do it uh, around the country. Um in each region, and um, you know, and by the way, when we do this, you know, SEC. It's sometimes Southern schools not in the SEC, and same thing with the ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. Um, but I want to talk a little bit, and I have recently talked about the impressive play of Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw. Um, Derek Brown's a top five, top ten player in this draft. His explosiveness, his overwhelming strength, he's 6'5", 320. He is a a beast. I have said and said it last week that Javon Kinlaw is a, you know, he's fast rising in a lot of people's eyes. We have been on top of him all last summer. Told you what a type of year he would have. He is unbelievable. Again, 6'6", 3'10". Can bend, play low, penetrate? Going to be a disrupted three technique. Outstanding elite top ten players in this draft, both of them. But a couple of other guys I want to mention to you on the defensive line. Auburn's Marlon Davidson, 6'3", 297. Um, spent most of his time playing on the edge for Auburn. Um he did a really good job at the senior boys at 297. Played three technique. Uh, consistency, motor, a little bit of a national inconsistency. I think they played him a little bit out of position. They played him head up a little bit more than he probably needs to be. I think he's an undervalued player, and I think he's going to be a very good one and expect him to go high in, um, in, and, I think, go in the first round. Also, a guy you may not be as familiar with within the SEC is Jordan Elliott. Missouri, big-time disruptor, six four three fifteen, great build, get off the snap, can be an effective bull rusher at the next level. He's a guy that could end up sniffing around uh, the first round. also want to talk a little bit about some of the running backs in the conference that I think have effective neck-level ability. Some running backs out of the conference that I think have a chance to find their way in as productive NFL players. Talked a lot about Michael Parine and how well he did at the Senior Bowl. Thick frame, 220 pound back, aggressive downhill style. Not a great shifty guy, but he's got good balance and power. Runs runs under his pads. Um, he's not going to be a great explosive type player player, excuse me, if he has good combine numbers there to help him, but um, you know, he can do things out of the backfield. I think he's just a good solid back that's a make it guy. Maybe not a lot of special qualities. No one has probably seen their stock rise more this year than Clyde Edwards, a layer out of LSU, outside of his teammate, quarterback, Joe Burrow. Um, of course, Travis, Travis. ATN came back, and so you've had a couple of those guys kind of drop out of the mix in the draft and coming back, but Claude Edwards or is quick, not fast, but quick, elusive runner with good vision, and can he finish? And He runs under his pads, low center of gravity. Um, he gets a lot of after-contact yards for a compact back, mainly because he combines his strength with his avoid skills, so it's hard to get Good shot on him defensively. Very good-looking player. He's um, he's got you know some of the um, the uh, uh, you know Mar- um, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew type uh, body skill set. Not quite as fast, but really really physical type of guy. Um, Andre Swift of Georgia. Is really effective with the ball in his hands. Um, He's patient, got good short area explosiveness, speed to pick slide, and um, he's really tough inside a hole. Uh, He's 5'9", 215. He's got to do more in the passing game, show more in the passing game. He's got the ability to do it. They don't ask him to do it. He makes effort as a pass protector, good in the screen game. Really like his like his purse. Somebody who didn't get invited to the combine out of the SEC that had really good um, few pedigree and future coming out um, in recruiting was Tavian Feaster. Remember him. He's much a five-star recruit who went to Clemson. He uh, got stuck behind Travis Etienne. He was a 10-400-meter guy. He transferred to South Carolina. Rush for 675 yards and five touchdowns and caught 40 balls and you know between receiving skills and athleticism he's got some ability, just hasn't been overly productive, but a guy to keep an eye out on that. Day. Didn't even get invited to the combine, but remember that he's a guy that has a make it potential um, outside the region, uh, outside the the uh, the combine. Invite list. Let me say this: that people will say, "How does a guy like that don't get invited?" I read this a lot. Well, I should have been snubbed and stuff, folks. I ran the combine for years. You can only invite so many per position. It's not the best 350 players. It's the best players with the cutoff at each position. You can't have 90 receivers and 15 defensive backs. I mean, you've gotta, you've gotta have a better sample of that. Um, So you get a lot of good players that are not invited, but we have alternative combines. Now we have their pro days at their school. This, this kid's going to get some notice Uh, other guys that around the country that you need to keep an eye out on in the name. uh, Remember their names that are not going to be at the combine, but are going to make it in the league and have a really good chances. Adrian Killens out of central Florida. Reggie Corbin out of Illinois and Rodney Smith out of Minnesota both had outstanding years. Jason Huntley out of New Mexico State. Jawan Washington out of San Diego State. Darius Bredwell out of Tulane. All of those guys are really good. We're not invited and we'll make it in the league. Um, Some transfer news that I want to get to. uh, Former Michigan Redshirt senior offensive lineman Stephen Pinellas transferred to Vanderbilt as a graduate. Spinella, 6'5", 295, was pushed into the transfer portal earlier this winter. He appeared in 37 games due to his time in, uh, during his time in, in, uh, in Michigan. Worked on special teams as a reserve lineman as well. He'll be eligible to play immediately. And LSU redshirt junior quarterback Andre Sale is transferred to Henderson State in uh, Arkansas. He entered the transfer portal last summer, stayed with the program. He entered uh, again this winter. Uh, he has got um, a home there at the Division Three school, Division Two school at Henderson State. He's immediately eligible to play for them. Um, before I get to some recruiting news, I want to get to some coaching news, and I want to talk a little bit about the situation at Vanderbilt. Malcolm, Malcolm Turner's been fired as the athletic director there, and it's going to have an effect. And um, one of the things that he was trying to do there. And the blowback from the administration's always been a problem at Vanderbilt as it relates to athletics. He was given, supposedly, a green light to go ahead and aggressively um, pursue the improvements of facilities, making greater emphasis into the program, athletic programs, Football, uh, obviously, things went crossways as it tends to do at Vanderbilt. Now, what does this really mean to the football program? Is are they as committed to putting those facilities together? I think not. I think there is always that healthy skepticism, um, justified skepticism, on whether Vanderbilt will do anything. Um, for their football program. I think that Derek Mason's, you know, directly tied. His staying is directly tied to, to uh, Malcolm Turner, probably the basketball coach, Jerry Stackhouse either. But I think this puts Derek Mason definitely in the crosshairs, but does it really matter when you think about it? Is it a coaching issue? Will it ever be a coaching issue at Vanderbilt? It's more of an administrative issue, but, it was the one of the biggest news uh, out of, of the week. Florida has hired great hire. Lose Larry Scott as tight ends coach. Come the new head coach at Howard. What a hire! Getting Tim Brewster from North Carolina, likely to coach tight ends. One of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, he's just outstanding. Certainly, certainly spent time as head coach at at Minnesota. Really good coach. Really good recruiter. Um, uh, an, an A-list choice for them. South Carolina's lost a couple of folks. They lost wide receiver coach Brian McClendon, um, who's going to the Pittsburgh Steelers to serve in the same capacity there. Um, running back coach Thomas Brown took up uh, an offer to coach with the Rams. Um, so it's a, been a tough week for South Carolina losing a couple of of, uh, of assistants. And a third one has been hired by Penn State. Penn State had a defensive line coach opening Uh Sean Spencer leaving to go with the Giants. They have hired South Carolina defensive line coach John Scott to serve in the same capacity. Of course, uh, John had been with Arkansas and Texas Tech, a little time with the New York Jets. So uh, a little bit surprising. I thought Penn State had a couple of other intriguing guys uh, Were guess were either not interested or were not able to – Lure those guys in. I think that uh, John is an interesting hire, good hire. South Carolina now having to replace three guys. Uh, Monty Kiffin is going to help his son Lane out at uh, Ole Miss as a player personnel analyst. That was expected in some capacity, way, shape, or form. Or Miss, uh, Ole Miss has uh, also hired former defensive analyst Devin Bush Sr. to serve as director of football recruiting. Um he joined the Michigan staff in 2016 and um um of course uh, his son is Devin Bush Jr who's obviously playing in the league right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers so he is um uh, you know he was um it, it good that he's going to be in a position will serve in, in some role in recruiting and defensive side uh, but um he was a defensive analyst at Michigan and did the job there uh when his son was there and now is uh, end up going back to uh, going to Old Miss to work with Lane Kiffin on the recruiting side of things. Auburn has hired former West Virginia cornerback coach Al Polk to serve as a secondary coach. Um he'll fill in for the departed Marcus Woodson who left for Florida State last month. Spent 3 years at Auburn from um 2011 to 2013 as an offensive quality coach and director of high school relations. She coached at Troy for three years, secondary coach before following uh, Neil Brown to West Virginia last year. Texas Tech has hired former LSU defensive analyst Kevin Cosgrove to serve as linebacker coach. Coach Matt Wells uh, hired uh, Todd Orlando to coach linebackers in January, and then he left to go to USC to be their defensive coordinator. So the linebacker coach job opened up again. Um, Cosgrove is done a really good job wherever he's been, most notably at Wisconsin, gets a chance on Matt Well's staff to coach the linebackers. Tennessee gets former Notre Dame offensive coordinator Chip Long um, on board to serve as offensive analyst. You know, Tennessee has been needed, in my mind, to improve their um, amount of analysts and folks that they've had inside their uh, – their coaching staff in different areas. Long has spent the past three seasons with Notre Dame. Brian Kelly didn't retain him, um, promoted Tommy Reese, but Long has also coached at Illinois and Arizona State and Memphis, so he's going to serve as an advisory capacity to Jim Cheney. has hired Ole Miss defensive line coach Freddie Roach to serve in the same capacity. Uh, this was expected but not known what role he would take in uh, he's going to be the defensive line coach. Spent the past two years at Ole Miss, served as Alabama's director of player development in 15 to 17 prior to jumping to Ole Miss. So it's a little bit of a reunion there. Um, and uh, as we've said on LandryFootball.com and got more details about it, Ed Orgeron is continuing to look around in and around the NFL to search for the passing game coordinator that um, – to replace Joe Brady, you know, folks are kind of maybe trying to understand, or maybe trying to help folks understand what they're trying to do. Um, when Ed was at USC, he had um, he saw Pete Carroll have a situation with Norm Chow and have young coordinator, young assistants rather, with the coordinator like Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin, kind of helping. In working with the passing game and helping Norm, that's kind of the model that he is trying to build at LSU offensively. And so that's what he has. in the veteran Steve Ensminger that's been around, loyal confidant, not going anywhere, you know, and he wants to add the young buck to come in. Joe Brady was a fit because they were able to get him from a – Untitled position, really, not making a lot of money with the Saints. Ed is looking at some other options. Here's the thing. The other options that are out there are a little bit in deeper waters, meaning there's a lot more folks, there's a lot more fish in the sea now that eyes are opened up to LSU because of what Joe Brady did, Joe Burrow did, and the ascent that it allowed Joe Brady to move on to. So it is a much more well-thought-of, coveted position. Therefore, there are a lot of folks that are interested. However, finding the right personality fits, the, the right title fits, some of the guys that they're talking with that maybe would not have been interested in this LSU job in previous years are interested now. But... Some are interested more with having the title come with it. And, you know, meaning offensive coordinator title, maybe assistant head coach, this, that, and the other. Some of that has got to be to the comfort level of Ed, and I think is he's looking for another Joe Brady type, a guy that can fit into the role, not necessarily look for as much of the spotlight. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, some recruiting news I want to get to. Uh, some general things, and then, um, you know, it, it's interesting in looking at it, 19 out of the 35-star prospects in the 2020 class, we mentioned this last week, is signed with either Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, or Ohio State. Only one of those schools are not from the South. Uh, nearly half of the top 100 prospects, 47, ended up with one of those five schools, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. Ohio State or LSU. So, a strong indication of the strong getting stronger. Some news over the weekend. Recruiting news. Four-star 2021 athlete Charles Montgomery says Florida will be among his finalists. He's a good-looking athlete. 5'10", 180, 1. Run, 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 a really good um, uh, speed, wide receiver, defensive back. Already been offered, so uh, a good possibility there. Um a couple of things, uh, I know that four-star quarterback Aaron McLaughlin has announced that he's de- decommitted from Auburn. Uh, he's been pledged Auburn since July. Also announced that he's uh, still going to consider Auburn. It's one of the top 15 pro style quarterbacks in the 2021 class. Uh, Arkansas, Georgia, Alabama, along with Auburn, are considered um, his favorites. Three-star offensive lineman in the 2021 class has decommitted from Georgia. I pledged back in November, but he's decided to open things up. Clemson, Florida, North Carolina. uh, Also, Georgia among his list. Some guys that I think that jump out at me in looking at this recruiting class that we put to bed last week um, that could really have an impact. South Carolina's got a – we know that all the talk was about Jordan Burch, and I think he can certainly help them, but – The running back, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, is someone that I think, a four-star running back, has got a chance to really help him out a lot. And I'm very curious to see how impactful Bryce Young could be early on, if at all. He is interesting. He is dynamic. He's got tremendous ability, tremendous leadership. It's going to be interesting to see um, how this plays out um, going forward for them. Said I would get into this a little bit, so I want to do it. Um, look, we've got detailed breakdowns on um, LandryFootball.com of the recruiting classes, um, looking at it from different angles by conference. As I get more film work done, even more in March, I'm going to even provide more details about the top classes nationally and how they stacked up. But some, some idle thoughts I want to get are some kind of – Going through the classes a little bit. George's class, uh, once again, was outstanding. Just losing a lot of guys, but loaded with a number of guys. Offensive line, defensive tackles, wide receivers, defensive back. Um, They've got a lot of guys. Uh, You know, Broderick Jones, outstanding. Keeley Ringo, five-star cornerback, five-star defensive tackle, Jalen Carter. Darnell Washington, the tight end, tackles Tate Rutledge and Chad Lindbergh. Holding off Florida for the center, Cedric Van Pran is another big win. Um, You know, Jalen Kimber and Major Burns, good corners. Uh, Marcus Rosamy, the receiver, is another top 300 player out of South Florida. Um, Arian Smith, really good athlete, one of the faster guys in the South. Uh, Jermaine Burton, the receiver, uh signing day flip from LSU, uh, the best inside backer in Mikhail Sherman. It's going to be a real force for them, the quarterback uh, in the class and one-time verbal commitment from Alabama, Carson Beck out of Florida, Kendall Milton, the running back, you know, typical downhill power runner, uh, big bodies on the defensive line with Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson. I can go on and on. Just an outstanding class again by Georgia Alabama's another class that you know you get the linebackers are the biggest stars but Bryce Young and William Anderson defensive tackle uh it's my one of the best um one of the best overall classes in the country again Bryce Young is the star you know could be a special player we'll see but you got all those defections at playmakers, at receiver, and you get Theo uh, Jones-Bell from South Florida, Javon Baker, big strong-handed guy from West Georgia, uh, Trayson Holden, big upside, Jason McLennan, the running back, a good flip from Oklahoma on signing day, um, Rodell Williams, the running back, um, really impressive on defense, you like the edge of uh, edge play edge rush ability of Chris Baswell, uh William Anderson, uh Quindarius Robinson, uh Kennedy. Kennedy, lot of athlete linebacker types that can run. Drew Sanders is another future OLB for them. Defensive tackles, Timothy Smith, J. Marion Latham, uh I think Kristen Story um is a really good athlete, so just, just an outstanding class, no question about it. Um, LSU's not quite as deep or as talented as Georgia or Alabama's classes, but it's really good. Um, in a whole lot at linebacker, a few more running back options need to come at some point, but uh, you know they're they're really good, really good class in their own right. Um, Eric Gilbert was a big time get for them, the tight end out of Georgia. Got him away from Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Elijah Ricks out of California, the corner. Dwight McLaughlin, uh the four star uh, safety corner. Josh White, the linebacker, um from Texas. Uh White has uh, been joined by the Georgia uh, uh, Georgia uh Philip Webb and Anton Sampa, who's out of Virginia actually, but Webb out of Georgia. Uh you've got the wide receiver Cashin Butte, is one of the best playmakers. Uh in the country, you got the running back, Kevontre Bradford, doubles as a talented sprinter in track. Jekyll and Roy, the defensive tackle, was a good get for them. Eric Taylor was another good defensive tackle out of Alabama. Jacobin Guillory was another uh, uh, get for them at defensive tackle. Uh, B.J. Um, uh, Ujilari, there's a good flip from um, uh, from Tennessee. Jordan Tolls, the safety's a really good athlete. Marcus Dumerville um, and, and, and Marlon Martinez on the line. Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son, and uh, Ali Gay. Uh, so good, good group, obviously. Uh, Texas A&M, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's a class that kind of puts them into a discussion to kind of take that next step. Last year was really good. This year was better. There's still some missing parts. Uh, The skilled skilled guys are not where Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State are, but it's one of the best collections of young talent, the secondary, the defensive tackles, the receiving cores, um, all outstanding. Um, You know, you could see a positive jump out of this program going forward. Jimbo Fisher, um, you know, getting Haynes King at quarterback, um uh, Damon Demas, the receiver. Uh McKinley Jackson was a great sign for them. Great win for them signing day over Alabama and LSU. Um Muhammad Mohammed third and Devin Price at receiver were outstanding. The son of defensive line coach Terry Price. Um Devin Acne will be a terrific playmaker offensively. Darvin Gubbard at running back. Hubbard at running back would be a good downhill runner. Building depth along the offensive line was key, adding Chris Morris and Georgia Flip. Canola uh, Ogwabi were really good. Jalen Jones could be a really good corner or safety for them. Antonio Johnson and Brian George are also guys that can be really good players. Um, edge rush guys, Antonio Doyle, Fidel Diggs, Edron Cooper, and outside backer, guys can really run. So real impressive to see. You know what they've done. Thought um, Florida and Auburn did some good things. Uh, Auburn is, um, you know, there's not a lot of five-star guys. It's not a Georgia and Alabama class, but it's a good class. For Florida, um, it's a really good class. They missed on some guys late that could have make it. Made it a even better elite class, maybe even. Right behind Georgia and Alabama, if they would have kept an Avante Williams, if they'd been able to get a couple more guys down the stretch, uh, they could have uh, been that. But for Dan, I, Dan Mullen did a really solid job and focus on the guys they did get um, defensive tackle Jervin Dexter and, and Anton Powell and Johnny Brown, all great defensive linemen. Princely eumann uh, was outstanding get over Baylor and Texas towards the end of signing day. And then Ethan Pouncey was a good win for them at corner, and as was the flip of Derek Wingo from Penn State. Jahari Rogers was a big win out of uh, Texas uh, over Texas and Oklahoma. Isaiah Walker at tackle, uh, C.J. Henderson, Xavier Henderson, uh, Jaquieun Frazier's, Joshua Braun, Finley Graham, outstanding uh, guys that can help them. For Auburn, it was guys like Wesley Steiner and Desmond Tisdall and Cameron Riley are really must get for them at linebacker. On the defensive line, uh Jakevious Walker and Jeremiah Puggies and Jay Hardy were really good. Uh safety, Christopher Thompson and at corner, the Juco kid, Marco Domino is really good. Uh, they've got a good athlete in Zadarius Tennyson, uh who can really help them. The receiver, uh you know, getting Kobe Hudson, Zadarius Capers, and JJ Evans and Tank uh, Bigsby tackles Keelyan Zier and Brendan Coffey. It's a good group. thought Jeremy Pruitt did a nice job. Um, You know, it's it's maybe only puts them like seventh in the conference, but still a good group. Defensive tackles need to be stars. Harrison Bailey's going to need to hit. Uh, The bulk of the class is pretty good across the board. Uh, Last year's about the offensive line and defensive back. This year's about the linebacking core and stuff in the run and the quarterback, so. Um, you know Keyshawn Lawrence, Omari Thomas, Tyler Barron, um, Thomas the offensive tackle, Barron the defensive end, Dominic Bailey the defensive tackle, Marvin Joseph the defensive end. Of course, Harrison Bailey can be a really good thrower from the pocket. Jalen Hyatt is one of the more explosive receivers in the class. Malachi Whitman, who play football and basketball, really good get for them flipping him from florida state cooper mays is a must get they were able to get uh whitehead was a key win over south carolina in the peach state um got the arizona flip danico slaughter it's going to provide depth early uh three-star george athlete jimmy calloway could play on either side of the ball whitehead um high in in, in memphis going to produce the linebackers martavius french and bryson eason and tamarian mcdonald and Four-star athlete Demarcus Bett with with a good get over Florida uh, in their signing day. South Carolina, um, you know, was able to obviously finish with with getting Jordan Birch and um, their star power. Uh, there's some depth, um, you know, so it's it's a really good quality class. puts them kind of in that middle of the pack. Um, and, and, you know, Jordan Burch certainly is the best guy they've gotten out of that state since Jadavion Clowney. Marshawn Lloyd is outstanding, could be a difference maker, and I think could play well early. Dual-threat quarterback Luke Doty is another guy that's intriguing. Michael Wyman, and Rico Powers, and Jaheim Bell will be good sure-handed targets for them. Uh, Outside-backer Muhammad Khabib and three-star corner Joey Hunter are two guys that are intriguing to Nico Hemingway and Alex Huntley and Tyson Wanamaker. Uh, Eric Shaw are really good, versatile players. Um, for Kentucky, I thought they did a nice job, loaded up on the defensive interior and the secondary to make a good defensive program even better. Uh, you'd like to have a little bit more playmaking ability. Bo Allen's really good. The offensive linemen are really good. The defensive tackles are excellent. Um I thought the defensive line guys, Justin Rogers and Samuel Anali, the the Trevion Ripka was another good get for them. Joe Williams, the athlete out of Louisiana, is going to be an impact playmaker on offense. The running back, Michael Drennan, is really good. And also, Jutan McLean has got really good quickness and playmaking ability. Mentioned Bo Allen. Uh, Torrance Davis, another running back out of Ohio that's really good. They got an offensive tackle out of the JUCO ranks and Jeremy Flax that could push for playing time early. Uh, I like Ruben Adams, the offensive guard. I think the tackle, John Young, is a really good get. A lot of ACC and SEC schools were interested. Uh, DeAndre Bradford is another guy that's uh, that's really good on the offensive line. The net receiver, Khalil Branham and Ernest Sanders, um, a good gets for them from Ohio and Michigan. Uh, You're looking at kind of the bottom of the league where the recruiting wasn't quite as good. You can look at a Mississippi State. Uh, There was a good class in position. That, I think, needs to be understood. I don't know that this is going to be – this may be the best recruiting class that Mike Leach has ever had or will have because he's never been in a situation before where the class was pretty much set up for him. The top 30 class, Jaquavius Marks at running back, Emmanuel Forbes, the speecher, Latidrick Griffin, and uh, Javarius Selman, the four-star corner. Uh, Calvin McMillan, the offensive tackle, and defensive tacker, Armonius Cooley, and the Juco defensive lineman, Jordan Davis and Trey Lawson. Uh, Juco receivers, Malik Heathland and Caleb Ducking. Um... um They've got, you know, Jalen Wally and Will Rogers. So this was a pretty good class that uh, Mike Leach was able to hold on to. uh, And it may be, as I said, a better class than Mike Leach can produce on a year-in, year-out basis on his own. I thought Arkansas Sam Pittman did a good job. He only had 10 days to work with. Um, Miles Schlusser from Oregon was a good get for them. They got a good receiver in Darren Turner. Uh, Malik Hornsby was a good get at quarterback for them. Uh, Marcus Henderson is a guy that can come in and help them early on the offensive line. Blaine Toll was another get. Uh, Three star offensive tackle Ray Curry from Missouri was another victory for them. Linebacker was a position of need. And Josiah um, uh, Stewart and KTRL Wallace are expected to play early. Keelan Burrow and uh, Dominic Johnson. Uh, were really, really effective players. The Juco, Julian Coates, will push for a starting spot at defensive end, as will Eric Thomas. and McGee uh, also will certainly be uh, real positive. So Ole Miss, um, you know, I thought Lane Kiffin, um, you know, first of all, look at it. He didn't have a lot of time. I would expect Lane Kiffin to do a much better job once he has more time to do it. However, when you look at uh, some other folks that were like a Sam Pittman that probably did a better job in a shorter period of time and Leach a better job in the shorter period of time, again, maybe had a better class left for him than Matt Luke left for Lane Kiffin. Lane did not finish recruiting very well this year. it's a top 50 class. Uh, you got Cade Renfro out of Texas at quarterback. Um, you lose Robbie Ashford. You, you lose um, – you get uh, DeMond Clowney. It was a one-time LSU verbal. They backed off of him. That was nice for them. Eli Acker is an offensive lineman that's pretty good. Linebacker, Austin Keys, and the Juco kid, Dalen Gill, can help. Jakevian Brown is another talented linebacker. DeSanto Rollins is a defensive tackle out of Louisiana. That's a pretty good player. And LaKeevius Daniels is going to push early. But it was not it look, it was not as not a very good job with the time that he had. I thought he could have finished a little bit better, but we're not going to be able to evaluate, and I fully expect that it's going to get much better next year. Then you got uh Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz put some good pieces together in the limited time that he had. Uh, and Hester out of Oklahoma. Big four star and longtime Ole Miss Verbal, Chris Abrams Drain out of Alabama. Again, this is part of why I think that even in the circumstances, Lane Kiffin lost a little bit down the stretch. Three stars, uh, Jay McC- uh, Macklin, Elijah Young, uh, Jalen Carlos, Chance Looper, once time Boise Verbal you got some receivers in Brady Cook. Defensive line was another position that needed to be addressed. They've got a good Juco defensive tackle in Benjamin Key. Kayvon Billingsley, the defensive end. Mantra Edwards, the defensive tackle. Johnny Walker, who's a really good player. Uh, and, of course, the three-star corner and its rank star, which is out of Dallas, which is a little bit better than a three-star in my mind. Alabama Texas got in on them. Uh, they've got a good kicker in Harrison Mevis. So that's – made a pretty good uh, class all things considered for Eli Drinkwich coming in late. And then bringing down the bottom, of as we normally see, is Vanderbilt. Uh, they went to nine states. You got, um, you know, th- there's, there's nothing pretty much on the defensive side, although Donovan Coughlin could be a really good player. Uh, there are plenty of offensive linemen, some big receivers, but – You know, uh, DeRickey Wright, um, you got the quarterback, Ken Seals, the receiver, Logan Kyle, uh, athletic guard Jason Brooks. Ethan Barr is a good inside backer. Uh, Jeremy Moose out of California is a a quarterback out of there that may develop into something. Um, You've got the Florida kid, Bradley Ashmore, the the tackle, Diego Lamonica, three-star kid, and then Griffin Lampton, Lampton, The outside backer, and then you've got Rocco Griffin and Mike Wright and Chase Lloyd, all some speed guys from the state of Georgia that are pretty decent. But it is just enough to keep them basically where they have been, and that's the bottom of the SEC. So we wanted it. We said we would do this as had a little bit more time to let the recruiting classes settle a little bit. Uh, we're going to go a little bit over each class, uh, and obviously we're. Time permitting, that's why we do the show in different every day and we talk nationally. But we're going to uh, obviously break down all the ACC classes tomorrow and the ACC and beyond, all the Big Ten and the Big Ten and beyond on Wednesday, so on and so forth. So that will wrap it up for today. A little bit long, but we want to react a little bit more to the recruiting classes now that had time to digest it and everybody's settled in. I uh, want to remind you to reach out to our great folks at – 401k Generation, Eddie Rojas, and his great team of financial professionals are here to help you. So check them out today. They're licensed in all 50 states. Call or text at 1-866-998-5879. And make sure that you sign up for this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast uh, on Landry Football's Conference Call. So uh, check them out, Landry Football's Conference Call. Sign up. And check us out today. Check out LandryFootball.com for our 50% discount. Join us tomorrow for ACC Football and Beyond, where we talk all things college football all around the country. And then we'll get into conference-specific talk tomorrow's ACC Day. Talk to you tomorrow, everybody.
0: At Luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus turns and conditions apply.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chompacasino.com.